0: Unrequited love. Do you think your cats requite your love?
1: Oh my God. Yes. My, uh, you know, the, the, the stereotype, the joke is dogs are probably love in quarantine because people are home all the time. Cats are probably hating it because people are home all the time. My cats are very affectionate. Sonia's cat. Stevie is one of the most affectionate cats I've ever met in my entire life. So, yeah, my cats. My cats love me. I love it.
0: <laughs> they rec- they requite your love.
1: Yes, they do. What,
0: what about between the cats? Because Sonia was telling me that when you added the new kitty, at first the older ones were not having it when he wanted to play.
1: Well, ac- so, yeah, it took... I mean, I had one cat. Well, I don't know. This is a movie podcast, but uh, I was going to tell you recommended history of cats.
0: Cats. You've but, recommended cats before. You've already have, bridged I, that divide. I have. But long
1: story short, when I introduced my two cats together, it did take them a long time to finally get to the point where they were comfortable with each other and then longer to even play. Then when my two cats met Sonia's two cats, it took them a while to click Uh, but then one of our cats passed away. So then now we have a a new cat and it did not take him very long at all. It was less than three days. and He was already cuddling up with them. Like our new cat, Tony, he's a cat's cat. He loves, you know, he likes being pet. He's still a little skittish around people. But he loves other cats, man. He's such a little brother. Whatever the other cats are doing, he wants to be there. He wants to be involved. <laughs> he, you know what I mean? Like he's he's just he's always tagging along, following them around, finding what places they like to sleep, and then sleeping in those places right after him. It's yeah. Cats are great. <laughs> cats you guys are should get great. cats.
0: I I think we'll we'll have to consider it. I mean, right now I would say my desire to have a pet has been unrequited. Uh and I I definitely like to fix that. All right, let's go for it. Let's do it. this is necromancer Necromancer. i'm shira i'm a fan of rom-coms
1: i'm brett i'm a fan of horror movies
0: what do we do here brett
1: well, each week we review a movie from our respective genre, so you pick a rom-com movie, I pick a horror movie, we watch, we review, we recap, we retalk. it's a lot of fun, it's a great time, and then we take it up a notch, we remix the movie, what? We turn the horror into a rom-com, the rom-com into a horror, and it is a bloody fun time.
0: A bloodbath, if you will. Yes, and this week, we continue our theme of unrequited love, for which you chose under the skin, and I'm really curious why.
1: You said unrequited love. Uh, That means that one person loves someone, and the other person doesn't really love them back, right?
0: Right, yeah. I I do think it's interesting you chose this movie.
1: Well, I mean, it's kind of like uh we've we've dealt with some before that are like you know, uh like I don't want to just pick like a stalker. I didn't want to just do a stalker right. episode cuz stalker is different than unrequited love. So, when I told you I wanted to do Under the Skin, you were visibly confused, right? Like the the little captions Like, uh, (laughs) captions that, you know, show, you know, visibly confused. Um, and I said, okay, well maybe it's not unrequited love, but maybe it's more unrequited lust. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd never read the book but I had seen the movie a couple times. You had never seen the movie, but you had read the book. So I'm just really curious because I honestly, I think this movie is a masterpiece. I think it's amazing. The first time I watched it, it immediately clicked with me. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I love every frame of this movie. I think it's brilliant. However, every person I've recommended it to who has actually taken it, (laughs) taken me up on watching it has pretty much hated the movie. So, and I always tell them too. I'm like, Hey, I recommend this, but it's a cautious recommend. It's a, you know, it's like El Aura or something. It's like, I recommend it, but I realize chances are you're probably not going to like it. Um, so I don't know. I was, I was really hoping and curious to see what you would think about this movie and hoping that you would be the first person who could crack the curse.
0: You know, I would say that for me, this movie's a three out of five. If I, if I were rating it with my critic hat, because it's not a movie that, that really, you know, um, makes me tingle with excitement and, and talk back at the screen that, that kind of movie. Um, but neither do I think it's, you know, a terribly made movie. I think that it is a good adaptation of the book, and it's definitely better than the source material, because it makes uh, opaque and uh, not obvious. It's, you know, everything that happens in the movie has a direct answer and explanation in the book. Uh, and I'm not going to go through the summary comparing it to the book because I think <laughs> right. that that would take away from the actual experience of the movie. Certainly, I'm I'm open to in our discussion talking about those those differences, but you know the book just renders obvious everything that you have a question about and that you have to explore by watching in the movie. I think this is not a movie for people who are impatient. If you (laughs) are by nature an impatient person and you want things to get to a point and you are uncomfortable lingering in a moment in which you are meant to question what's going on and tolerate not having an answer, then this movie's going to piss you off. And I, I do think that there are people like that that would go to this movie and feel jerked around and annoyed by it. But if you're patient, if you're able to tolerate being in an ambiguous moment... Then I think that your patience will be rewarded. I was surprised to see that this movie's kind of, you know, half the people like it and half the people hate it on IMDb or review sites. It's, it is pretty divisive. And I will admit, well, at first, I really rejected this movie for this theme, mm-hmm. uh, because I, you know, I felt like, at least for me as a creator, unrequited love is a very rich theme. It's not as rich a theme for you. And I I get that, but I actually ended up thinking that this was a good choice because, um, similar to stalkers, uh, I think that in rom-coms, stalkers are usually the lead character and they're humanized by the story. Similarly with Unrequited Love, the, the subject, the hero of the movie is the person with that problem. Whereas horror movies take the people who are experiencing these emotions and turn them into monsters. So the stalker is a monster the men who lust after you are monsters to be hunted down. Uh, And it's, you know, as much about self survival as it is about whatever her mysterious job is uh, in hunting these men down. There's, there's a way in which being, you know, this stranger to this world, whatever she's supposed to be. And it's, Kept deliberately ambiguous, it's one where, you know, she's kind of constantly under threat in some way uh, as the object of desire. So I think that it's interesting how uh, a theme like unrequited love or lust can be seen from a different perspective depending on whether you're being serious or comedic. So if you're being serious, you're the object it's the object that becomes the subject in that narrative so i think i think that it 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 became interesting to me but i had to i had to think my way there uh, yeah. i i did not start in that place
1: <laughs> but also like how cool is it that she's built for this thing that she can't do so like it's even unrequited within her is like even if she wants to experience this thing that she's designed for, she cannot have it. So I think it's. You well, know she's I mean? an
0: artifice, you know. Ultimately, yeah. you know, there's no no usable. There's no usable parts. Uh, and in, I'll I'll say this before I get into the summary, but in the book, she gets into details of how they used surgery to turn her from a quadruped into a biped. So by nature, the alien race that they come from is like quadrupedic deer people. And she's been completely shaved and her, her body has been broken to stand upright. Uh, And that every moment she's in excruciating pain, essentially in trying to appear in this guise of humanness. Uh, But that, that was a detail from the book. Uh, But I, I, again, I think the movie improves on so many things in that book that are just silly. Uh, All right. So I I will,
1: I was going to say, I will say, uh, I didn't know anything about this movie going in. I hadn't seen a single trailer. All I saw was that cool poster where it's like the nights, you know, the stars mm-hmm, and, and her, face. her face. Yeah. That's the only thing I really knew. I knew it was about Scarlett Johansson as an alien and something about seducing men. However, everything that happens in the movie, like I'm not the kind of guy who goes into a movie and tries to figure it out, you know? Like I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go for the ride that the filmmaker is going to take me on. But something about this movie, again, it's like if I were to spill out a puzzle, you know, like a, a, a puzzle and a, a jigsaw puzzle. And it just, it was like, what if I could just look at it and do this like thing and just go, okay, I know where all the pieces go. And I could just start putting them exactly where they had to go. And they just all clicked together perfectly fine. This movie just clicked. Something about it. Like, even though it's mysterious and it's vague and it's, you know.
0: Nothing like, needs to be explained, though. Nothing. Right.
1: Right. So, yeah.
0: I, I think that's what I like about it. I, I think that that's why I would hate it if they made an under-the-skin TV show. Because they would just take the mystery out of every single aspect and beat it to death. Uh, It's perfect as a movie and it's perfect in in being ambiguous. So speaking of ambiguity, we we start right from the jump. (laughs) I think within, within 30 seconds, most people watching this movie were going to be split into two camps. I love this. I hate this. We've got an intro where there's just ominous, discordant, atonal music over prolonged shots of circles of light and mysterious objects. Uh, a woman's voice repeating sounds. And then we cut to a motorcyclist hauling a woman's body from the side of the road and putting her in the back of the van. Uh, Then we see the dead woman getting stripped of her clothing by a mysterious naked woman who looks exactly like Scarlett Johansson. Uh, And the mysterious female puts on the clothes and she gets in the van the motorcyclist appears to know wait, wait, her.
1: You missed a key part. What she finds an ant on the body. We just That's covered right. a whole movie about ants.
0: I I did forget that we we did see an ant, and she looks at the ant with more interest than she does the dead and body.
1: Ants are very alien esque, and she's an alien. Oh, Shira, I love this movie already. They put <laughs> an ant. If you want me to like your movie. If you want a guaranteed like for your movie, put an ant in the first 5 minutes and I'm there.
0: Well, yeah. So so <laughs> Brett is is firmly in the like camp at this yeah. point in the movie and anybody who Decided that they wanted to watch this movie to see Scarlett Johansson's boobs. Will be both satisfied and disappointed because she's naked a lot in this movie, but her nudity has no meaning. Right. It has it. It's it's just so. It might as well be a life drawing class. It's just completely sapped of any sexuality. Um, which I think is exactly the type of movie that I would choose to do for my first naked scenes. It, it makes complete sense. Uh, so the female puts the clothes on. She and the motorcyclist appear to know each other. It's like they're working together. But again, absolutely no dialogue spoken between them. Uh, The female then proceeds to drive around. She's picking up hitchhikers and then she's luring them into this condemned building where they then sink into the floor and are trapped. Uh, And, you know, I guess, I guess a man would just follow Scarlett Johansson into a condemned building. No questions asked. It it tracks. Uh, So then one day the female, she goes to the beach and she meets a tourist camping there uh, and the man then runs to help a husband and wife who've become caught in the surf. Uh, the tourist is able to save the husband, but the wife disappears in the water. The husband goes back into the ocean to find his wife. And while he's doing that, the female clubs the tourist's head with a rock and then drags him away. The husband and wife's baby is left on the beach crying that cute, cute little baby. That poor, cute little baby. That uh, poor baby. <laughs> and later, the motorcyclist goes back to the beach to retrieve the tourist tent and belongings, ignoring the baby. Yeah. Neither she nor the motorcyclist give a damn about that baby. Uh, at night, the female follows a man. Uh, in the van and she stops outside a warehouse she goes to follow him on foot and then she's caught in a group of women that are heading into a club they basically link arms and force her to go in with them Uh, i would also be terrified i'm a human i'm from earth and that sounds scary uh the female is approached by the, the, a man in the club. She takes him back to the same rundown house where she takes all her victims. And as the man from the club is getting <laughs> submerged, he sees one of her previous victims. Suddenly the other man is sucked into nothingness and all that remains is his skin husk, which if we're eating people, which again, as As all movies before that we've reviewed, (laughs) human beings, always delicious. For some reason, I don't know why movies want to pitch this idea that human beings are delicious when we're never going to get to try them, or at least I don't plan on it. (laughs) Um, But if I were to eat people, the skin has got to be some of the best parts. So why would you get rid of that? I don't know
1: about that. My my skin is probably not very well taken care of it's got freckles but, maybe some moles hair body hair do you do you, well, do you peel the orange or do you eat the whole orange
0: come on. No, no 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 so just like just like a chicken will take all the hair out you know you gotta you gotta get rid of that but then you batter the skin and you get a nice fry going uh and it's it's delicious it's crispy um but anyways I guess the well, aliens so the aliens don't one. need the skin husk. <laughs>
1: this they is don't. the point. This is probably one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in a movie. Uh when I first saw it in theaters the theater wasn't that full but I jumped out of my seat when that man popped.
0: I I'll admit when the man popped I I did I did twitch. Yeah. and They got me.
1: One of the scariest things though, that really makes this seem terrifying is one, not only if you're going to put yourself in this man's shoes, not only are you all of a sudden floating in this goopy stuff. And it's like, it's, it's dreamlike logic. It's movie logic. We don't know if this is actually literally happening or if this is all just kind of metaphoric for what is actually happening, whatever. But this man is being crystallized in this sugary, goopy, whatever stuff. This preservative so that he can bask and cook and juice or whatever. And then he has to watch someone else do something that he knows is going to happen to him. And that thing is like, we're going to suck all the essence out of your skin and turn you into nothing but an empty meat balloon. And that is... That is such a terrifying aspect that one, your body is nothing more than a meat balloon anyway. And two, watching something that you know, you can't escape and you know, is going to happen to you. You just don't know when. Ah, oh, I love it.
0: I, I like my favorite part of that scene was when the new guy touched his hand. Yeah. like This was the first moment of human contact and understanding he'd had since he was dropped into the vat. Um, but it, it goes back to this theme of, you know, humans, animals, what what makes someone or something uh, deserving of compassion? Um, but in the end, we're all meat to be slaughtered. And we cut to a conveyor belt of what seems like blood and guts draining away. Uh, so the female picks up another man, um, but she doesn't really attempt to be friendly this time. She's She seems like she's kind of getting over her job. Uh, and then we cut to another scene of the female standing in a room while the motorcyclist seems to pace around her and inspect her. He seems angry, but again... This movie is not interested in answering a single question. But Uh, you know,
1: you know exactly what's going on in that scene. Like, you know.
0: What do you think is going on in that scene?
1: Well, I think, right? Like the girl at the beginning of the movie has kind of gone off the beaten track and and sort of gone off reservation and has ultimately malfunctioned. And this guy has to go get the property back, right, has to go get the broken equipment back, brings it to Scarlett Johansson, who then has to strip that equipment of all the usable parts and wear them and do that stuff. And so he's he's interrogating her or he's interviewing her or he's like he's giving her a performance evaluation and he's seeing why? Why do these girls keep going crazy? Like we we keep sending these soldiers out there to to get these to to get these meat balloons for us. Why? Why do they keep going crazy? What is it that's under their skin? That you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, under the skin. That's the name of the
0: movie. <laughs> uh,
1: but it's like, what is it that like what what is it that makes us human? What is it? You know, all that all that sci fi mumbo jumbo stuff um i like he's he's seeing if she's gonna crack he's seeing why she's gonna crack he's seeing how like they're looking for signs so that they can prevent it from happening again i get the feeling that this is very cyclical that this guy has a number of women that he's in charge of and he just drives around mopping up after them. and eventually he's got to go find them and bring them back as well
0: well there's definitely multiple handlers as we as we learn yeah he's got to call
1: in reinforcements
0: he's he's not the only one who's handling things um so then we cut to a scene of her walking down the street and she falls down and some people help her up and we wonder is she becoming empathetic uh and then we cut to a group of men shaking her van and demanding that she open up a before she just drives away. She doesn't seem really phased, but it makes you wonder, are people becoming aware of the disappearances? Uh, And then later she picks up a man with a condition that causes facial disfigurement and she treats him exactly the same as she treats her other victims. Uh, But then when she takes him back to the rundown house, she appears to let him go. As we see the man naked outside the house and then he walks through a field, uh, and this makes the motorcyclist angry because then he has to go find the man and kill him. And an old woman in her house across the street witnesses the whole thing.
1: I just have to say, man, when that music kicks in and it's like, brrr, brrr, and the guys, just the way the camera's following that guy and the way he's walking and his purpose and his uniform and how it, like his motorcycle, he's very T one thousand. Yeah, it's so badass. And then when the old lady looks at him and he looks back at her and then we cut to this cold, unforgiving, desolate landscape, which is like, that's the world that these characters are living in. It's, you know, it's like on the outskirts of the city. When you're in the city, you have all this connection and warmth and there's people around. But then, you know, even in the city, we're all alone. But when she takes them away from the city brings them out to this shady apartment and kills them. You know, she's purposely looking for single guys with no family, no friends, all that. So, like she's on the job, she's on the hunt. It's oh, it's so good.
0: <laughs> so the female, she abandons the van on the side of a road as it becomes immersed in fog. Uh she goes to a restaurant. She tries a bite of cake and immediately spits it out. Food is disgusting. Our food is disgusting to her. And I mean, why shouldn't it be? It's not like I eat animal feed or dog food, uh, which is what that is to them. Uh, She walks to a bus stop. She gets on the bus. The bus driver and a man on the (laughs) bus are obviously concerned about this strange woman the guy asks her if she needs help and she answers yes. Uh, so she follows the man from the bus home and he treats her pretty kindly and she appears to reciprocate that affection. But when they try to have sex, he's not able to enter her and she inspects herself. As we said in the beginning of the uh, podcast, she has no usable parts downstairs they did not design her appearance so that she could have any kind of pleasure because that yeah. is not her job. Yeah, uh, and so oh, she- again,
1: just the way the moments built up the intimacy, the way that this, like, we've seen this She's woman, very nice. working, yeah, we've seen her working her job to seduce men, but now she actually gets to experience the intimacy of actual connection. And then the way the music, because of course the music's unsettling and we know that at this point, but the way the music kicks in, the way that his reaction kind of clues her reaction and the way that it kind of clicks where she's like, oh, I get what's supposed to happen. And then that horror of like, just the gross, harsh way she grabs the lamp and the way the light from the lamp is like pointing directly in between her legs and the way that she's like hunched over and it's like, she discards the lamp and you can just like, you feel that horror in that, like, it's like this weird body horror that isn't Cronenberg, you know, like skin melting off. It's this weird body horror of just like, you know, like what is wrong with me? And uh, it's,
0: she's not permitted to be a person. She is an avatar for men's desires And as such, she doesn't have any parts. She doesn't have any actual parts that would permit her to reciprocate anything. Uh, It's very tragic, actually. Uh, So she leaves the house. She goes into the woods. She meets a logger.
1: Okay, so so the guy on the bus is like... Immediate. I I never really had any question About whether he was a nice guy or not Like th- there was just something about him That seemed like this guy's a hopeless romantic He's probably dreamed <laughs> about this situation he's probably dreamed about this situation in his entire life. He finally gets to be the hero and the princess wants to be saved by him. The damsel in distress needs him. He needs her. It's beautiful. It's romantic. Oh, it's lovely. They have a connection. They share laughs and music and all this stuff that she's never experienced really. But the moment you meet the logger, you're like, Oh, this guy's a fucking rapist. (laughs)
0: right no, that this guy's trouble i also really liked that the man from the bus did something i've never seen men do in real life ever he picks her up and walks her over a puddle
1: yeah because he needs her just as much as she needs him he wants that connection of like i want to scoop you up and walk you across and then the way she like sidles up next to him after he does that it's like it's just so cute and wholesome and she's like like, yeah she's like this little puppy dog she doesn't know and she's experiencing someone who's taking care of her for the first time and she just knows that like if this guy's gonna take care of me i just have to stick close to him and so it's very cute and i like it a lot but
0: but it's not it's not meant to be (laughs) Uh, instead she meets a rapist. Uh, and then she finds a shelter in the woods and falls asleep there. And she wakes up to the logger attempting to molest her. And then she runs away. She finds the logger's truck and she honks the horn. But there's nobody there except her and the logger. The logger chases her and pins her down. He starts to undress her. But then he finds that he ripped off some of the skin from her back, revealing the black form beneath her skin suit. He seems to run away. The female pe- peels off her skin suit, revealing a black alien form beneath uh, and the logger returns with gasoline. He lights her on fire. he kills her. The motorcyclist observes from a distance, and then we end on the ashes of the burning body rising into the air. She has now become something else.
1: Yeah, Happy the ending. end.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's the little mermaid ending. Through excruciating pain. She was permitted to be among people, but then at the end, she has to make a self-sacrificing choice that kills her, but then allows her to ascend to a higher order.
1: Yeah. Just like Little Mermaid. (laughs) Under the sea.
0: (laughs) No, but that's exactly what... Do you do you know the original little mermaid story?
1: not the original but you sh- we, we do have potential here with an under the skin under the sea trailer mashup
0: we've but, we're but on so to something in the original little mermaid story. She is told by the sea witch that she can be a human permanently if she murders the prince and his princess. Because at this point in the story, the prince has chosen to marry someone else. And so they say, all right, kill them and you'll get to be a human forever. And then instead, the little mermaid kills herself and then when her body hits the water or something she becomes a spirit of the air and her self sacrifice in choosing not to take this devilish bargain causes her to become a different being
1: hmm yeah that sounds sounds familiar
0: <laughs> right so yes, an uh, ambiguous ending for an ambiguous movie. It just ends, uh, and I think you know for for this movie it works. I I like it a lot more than the book version, which in the book it's very clear they're aliens. They're on Earth in order to hunt and capture humans who are considered a gourmet delicacy. And in the book, what inspires the alien, whose name is Iserly, uh, what inspires Iserly to go off the grid is this privileged alien comes to earth and tries to free some of the humans that have been processed. And then Mm -hmm. he and her get into these philosophical arguments about whether or not it's ethical to kill people to eat them. And it's ultimately meant to be a conversation about animal cruelty uh, and the meat industry and the ethics of meat consumption. And, you know, it's all very heavy handed versus here. I think you have all of those themes without being slapped across the face with them.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um... Yeah, I just I love I, I love Scarlett Johansson's performance in this movie, how she's got to like be natural and have a conversation with these guys, but really what she's doing is getting information out of them. Do you live near the area? Are you alone? You know, who, who's going to be looking for you if I kidnap you? Where Where do you live? Do you live here or somewhere else? Like, what what is my success rate at kidnapping you and not being found out? And when they give her information like, oh, yeah, I'm going to my dad's house. Just the way you can see in her face and through her acting like the shift where she just, oh, okay, I'm going to put my seatbelt on. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, boom, drive off. Her performance in this movie is great and she's constantly under, she's constantly kind of being criticized or observed or, you know, like people are observing her and interacting with her and she has to pretend to be something she's not. And so later when motorcycle guys standing around her sort of giving her her evaluation kind of. It's like that same thing. It's like she's constantly being watched. She's supposed to do something. She's supposed to act a certain way. And that way is like the quote unquote normal way. She has to blend in. And it's hard. It's hard. It's like, especially as an introvert, it's hard to go out into a city full of people and just like, shit, what do I do? How do I be normal? How do I blend in? What, what, What do people do? uh that's why I like the club scene is so scary right like i've been that person that's who, terrifying yeah I go, i'm walking somewhere and then i see someone like i've been that person who's like i just want to turn around and walk the other way like like i don't want to deal with people and then she gets sucked into the thing and just the way she wants to get out of the club and the way the club is shot ugh, i love it man
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we were talking about how Ryan Gosling is really good at looking at things. I feel like Scarlett Johansson is really good at looking at herself and and it not being obvious what the fuck she's thinking. Because in this movie, she looks at herself, but she's never looking at herself as herself. And it's always with this curious strangeness that she examines herself, not as a person seeing themselves, but questioning what others see. Yeah. And is yeah, able yeah. to communicate that really well. Um, I mean, when she stares at things, I don't know if she's necessarily staring or acting, but when she looks at herself in the movie, I think she's able to, really act I th- when uh, she's nuanced scanning, in those moments
1: when she's scanning the area and she's looking at cars and she's looking at people and she's driving and, and or even if she's just sitting there watching people walk by her van i see a predator i see someone who's constantly looking out like an alligator in the water mm. like you know an alligator's there in the water you can see their eyes like you know that they're there but you don't know exactly what they're looking at. You don't know what they're scanning for. You don't know when they'll strike. Like they're hiding in plain open, but they're also completely hidden and submerged. And so she's got to be like that kind of alligator chameleon type of like, you know, she's a spy. She's infiltrating our society. She's seducing these men away. Uh, I think this is like a career defining performance. I think Scarlett Johansson, is pitch perfect in this movie. And I do want to say, I think Scarlett Johansson is an underappreciated actress when it comes to her range, because she can do a movie like this, but she can also do a movie like Captain America Winter Soldier, where she has to just be cool and flirt with Captain America. And some some people can't do both. Like, I just watched... Um, red sparrow again i saw it in theaters but red sparrow with jennifer lawrence where she plays the russian spy right like jennifer lawrence is infinitely better in quote unquote real movies than she is in blockbuster movies she's so empty and boring in in x-men in hunger games but in an actual movie with like you know with an actual character, she kind of, she steps it up a notch, but she doesn't have the X
0: factor. I I feel like Scarlett Johansson can play a beautiful robot uh, and, and be a figure that's effectively a shell, an empty shell and imbue it with meaning.
1: (laughs) That's why, I mean, we all knew ghost in the shell was going to be bad, but this movie was like, Oh, but what if like she can do it?
0: She can, she can play be the ghost in
1: the shell. But,
0: she she's a good robot yeah. slash alien.
1: And uh, I, I think see this word. I think
0: that's a that's a good niche for her.
1: I always see this word whenever I I see a review or a description for Under the Skin, but voluptuous. I see voluptuous thrown around a lot, and that's, <laughs> that's
0: pretty much. Tur- that's just turds talking about her body. <laughs>
1: But I I think it's a good description. She's very voluptuous in this movie. She just looks so seductive and like ah, oh, she looks great. But I think she looks I think she looks way better in this movie than she does in like any Marvel movie where it's just like let's starve you and squeeze you into the skinniest cat suit we can find.
0: Right. Like
1: I, I like the the sort of like casual comfort like you know i don't know I, I like i like that
0: you like when she pretends to be a normal person but is actually an alien predator in disguise yeah what
1: do you <laughs> think is what do you think is sexier naked or underweared or clothed you know what i mean
0: i don't know like, i mean i think that when it comes to men I, I prefer a little bit of mystery versus just the full frontal nudity. Although I feel like this movie had a lot of casual cocks on display, which yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't hate it.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think this movie definitely desexualizes her when she's naked. Cause it's just None like of the
0: nudity is sexual. Right even in the heat of sex none of it feels sexual
1: but i do i like the mystery i like the mystery element more so yeah like when she's walking away from them and she's kind of undressing it's super sexy but then the moment she's naked it's like oh it yeah it doesn't feel the same and it and just her the way they shoot it the way that she plays it it's really great um I don't know if you had any insights or anything specific as to like, I hear this movie obviously has a lot of like sexism type themes. It's a lot of, you know what it's like to be a woman. I think you could also probably say this is, you know what it would be like if you were a trans person, just someone who's doesn't feel comfortable as themselves, who feels different underneath. Uh, I'm not yeah, a woman or a trans person, but I can totally relate to that idea of like feeling like i have to act like a normal person and feeling uncomfortable in my own skin and feeling weird and like i like even though i'm not scarlett johansson like i can totally relate to everything in this movie and like i said especially the way it's filmed it all just clicked so well
0: I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure there's more I can I can really offer there in that, you know, just uh, once again we've returned to the idea versus the reality. There's, you know, above the skin there's this mask, there's this idea of something that's desirable, but beneath it is just darkness and something that, you know, has, has a form. Like uh, when the logger tears her skin off, he gets this black stuff on his hands. And when you are in love with an idea, you don't have to reckon with the physicality of something with the, with the muck and the blood and the flesh, the way that, for her it's a simple reality of what she does is to take these bags of meat and remove them for consumption so she has an intimate understanding of this reality where all the hunted prey can only conceive of the surface and the idea so i think you know as a as a concept rendered visually cinematically it's it's really great So I got to ask. Oh, wait, just one one
1: tiny, tiny, tiny little thing. So the one last thing is one of my favorite cuts of the whole movie is about 17 seconds in. And it's when you get that first potential, you get that first potential candidate of like, hey, I don't have any friends or family nearby. Hey, I live alone and I work from home. And like, I knew that this movie was about her as an alien. And I knew that this movie had some kind of weird killing vibe to it but when they cut from that from that guy in that seat to an empty seat and her just sitting next to it, oh because you're like what happened? what happened to that guy did she just drop him off did she what like what happened and especially when you know you know on repeat viewings I think that edit really hits even harder because you do you actually do get to find out this movie's a great example of like, do you show the scary thing or not? Like, you can do both. You cannot show it and milk that for all the tension. And then you can show someone being a meat balloon, being popped and having their whole entire essence sucked into nothingness. And then, you know, like that can be scary too. So you can have it both ways.
0: Oh, for sure. You have, yeah. You can have
1: your cake and throw it up too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very clever, Brett. Uh,
1: You were going to ask me who's my crush? Yes. I love the bus driver. I freaking love the bus driver, man. It's just like a two minute part at the most. And it's just this guy who's like, Hey lady. It's cold. You shouldn't be walking around without a jacket. Like, yeah, this bus driver is looking out for her. Clearly she needs help. She's like catatonic and distressed and traumatized. Like clearly something is wrong with this lady. And the bus driver's like, hey, everything cool? And I feel like the bus driver made a good judgment to be like, hey, yeah, you, you passenger, you seem like a good guy. Uh, You're going to help her out? All right, thanks. I like the bus driver. He was very cool. How about you?
0: I liked the man from the bus. I liked that he was very romantic.
1: Yeah. I've been that guy. I, you know, when I, when I first watched that, this movie, I was probably that guy. I was in my late twenties. I didn't, I didn't really have any good relate. I just didn't have any relationships in my twenties. Like that were long lasting. I just, you know, I'm not like a, uh, I don't know. I was an awkward, guy. And I didn't know if I'd ever find someone for me. And like, I just wanted to have a relationship. I didn't want to date. Like I just wanted to have a relationship and you know, like all that weird stuff. And as a guy, it's like, no, as a guy, you're just supposed to go to a club and hit on Scarlett Johansson. So like, I was this guy, like I was just sitting alone in my apartment wanting to take care of a Scarlett Johansson. And then you know, wanting to be the good guy, like I want to be the guy who takes her out to a grocery store and buys her eggs and the
0: castle.
1: Yeah, and takes the princess to the castle and like, yeah, I totally related to him and how, like, how again, how he needed her just as much as she needed him. It was nice and it was cute. They had like a little meet cute and everything, and
0: they do, yeah. they absolutely do. So how easy was that to work into a rom-com?
1: Oof. I I had a I had a good time with this. It's probably going to be a little messy, so I don't know. <laughs> uh this is just going to be kind of a loose pitch, but it's Mine got a is,
0: little bit is more, very loose. It's got a
1: little bit more of a framework than the last one. But um, I'm curious to hear yours first, if you want to give us your...
0: Sure, sure. Your elevator um, so, pitch. So this one, I, I did not really go into a great amount of detail. I just, I just kind of was like, let's write it um and so i did that uh and i changed the title to under my skin you know like i got you under my skin uh and i decided to go ahead and give the alien female the name that she had from the novel just for the sake of convenience so iserly is an alien ambassador for the galactic federation and she's been sent to Earth to decide if the planet should be destroyed or brought into the Federation. Uh, Iserly has one year on Earth to collect specimens and evidence to conclude the case for or against Earth. So the aliens set Iserly up with a van so she can collect human specimens to be abducted and interviewed. At first... The case for destroying Earth feels pretty obvious. It's awful. It's violent. It's noisy. Um, The hitchhikers are all terrible people. Uh, The one nice guy with the facial disfigurement also makes the aliens feel like Earth is just a crappy society with no empathy. So why would they keep it? Uh, And Iser Lee, she's only been on Earth for about a week, but she's already sick of it. And then one you day,
1: both really.
0: <laughs> then one day her van gets stolen and she has to walk to a local bus station. And there she meets a man named Andrew who mistakes her for a lost woman. He takes her home and then she gets to experience all these cute little kindnesses. Uh, they get along. He shows her around. Uh, then one night they try to get physical, but they can't. And she reveals that she's an alien uh, and she talks about her mission on earth. And at first he's shocked and upset, but then Andrew gets pretty hip to the mission. And he's like, well, now we got to prove that life on earth is worth saving. So now he, now Andrew has taken charge of showing Iserly how wonderful earth is. And the catch becomes whether Iserly has the guts to let Andrew get abducted and processed uh, or to, to just keep spending time together. Uh, but as they fall in love, she doesn't want to let him go. Uh, and then they try again to have sex. And then they find out instead of having sex, they have the ability to fuse into an androgynous super being. Uh, and so it's super cool. Uh, and then Izerly confesses that time is running out, uh, for them to convince the Galactic Federation that earth is worth saving. They present themselves to the Federation in their merged form. Uh, but instead of them proving that earth should continue, um, the Federation is super grossed out and they're like, this is an abomination. Uh, and they have to, they decide they have to destroy earth. So then Andrew and Iser Lee have to go against the Federation to save the planet. They band together a ragtag resistance team of rebels against the Federation. And then, of course, with any sci-fi movie, you have to have one crazy final battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, The battle, the battle for battlefield Earth, Uh, (laughs) the battle for Earth. Uh, And then we'll say that the battle ends in a ceasefire with the Federation's agreement that Earth could enter the galaxy as a neutral party, kind of like Switzerland. Earth is like a galactic Switzerland. Uh, And Andrew is raised to the position of Earth ambassador. Uh, and so now Andrew and Iserly, although this is a happy ending, it also is a chaotic one because Earth is now open to the galactic public. So maybe we have an end where it's Andrew and Iserly on the beach and they're holding hands and they're talking about the picture the future and you see all these alien ships jumping into the earth atmosphere and everybody's like what the fuck is going on but andrew and Lee are at peace because they're together
1: oh i like it
0: yeah i just a just a short one i i didn't get too far <laughs> into it uh but i figure you know, visiting Earth from another planet, trying to decide whether or not uh, life on Earth is meaningful, is a good enough theme to cross over to a romance.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I forgot to mention in our review is, I, uh, one of my favorite parts of Scarlett Johansson's performance is, again, like the, the lizard aspect, right? How she blends in with her surroundings uh, made me think of a little movie called Rango. <laughs> Rango.
0: She's a chameleon. <laughs> she's a chameleon and she's got to pretend
1: and act to be something she's not. So I, I, like, Scar- I like Scarlett Johansson as Rango in this movie. Um, I just called mine skin deep, but I don't really have a, a tie in for it. But uh-huh. essentially, essentially, what my movie is is my movie starts out. It's going to be very silly. My movie starts out with aliens, and so they're in their alien ship, mothership HQ, whatever, and they're they're talking about how they have to reveal themselves to Earth, right? And so what they're going to do is in ten years they're going to reveal themselves to Earth or whatever the plan is, but in the meantime. Because they know that once they were that because we have like religion and stuff and like they know if they reveal themselves to us, societies could collapse. And maybe they have experience where they're like, remember what happened to Mars? You know, Mars just totally collapsed. So what they want to do is they they abduct people and they put little chips in them under the skin. Eh? And so Eh. they put the chip in and then they can manipulate the person's emotions with certain pheromones or whatever, however you control emotions. Uh, And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to find the perfect cocktail of emotions to where someone could just kind of like be totally chill to the point where if aliens came, they'd be like, all right, cool. Now I guess we're part of the, it's chill, the greater universe. All right, cool. Uh, And so what happens is our main character, probably like some nerdy, goofy lady Girl, you know, sort of like you're, you're, you're not like the other girl, girls, baby, and and she is in charge of watching these people. But one of the people that she watches that she's not in charge of, but she just watches because she likes them, is a is a lady. I don't have a name or anything, so just Scarlett Johansson. So she watches Scarlett Johansson, who's like a celebrity on Earth, and everyone watches her. So. What our alien main character does, our alien lady, she goes into Scarlett Johansson's file, right? Just like how uh, creepy Baxter goes into to Fran's file in the apartment right. and memorizes all of her stuff. Which is like, okay, first of all, it's totally creepy. But second of all, yeah, he's like a stats guy. He knows statistics. So, of course, he knows all of her stats, right? Because he's a stats guy. So it's kind of cute. But it's also super creepy. Like, don't do that. Um, Right. So she's watching Scarlett Johansson, and she accidentally opens up her file and fiddles with her emotion settings. And so as Scarlett Johansson gets ready for her wedding, which is going to be like a televised reality show type wedding where her and her fiance are going to get together. And it's going to be this big, I don't know, like Kate. Uh, Kate Middleton, Prince, whatever wedding, like it's a of big course. world televised wedding. We get all these hijinks of now her love emotion is so boosted up that she instantly becomes in love with whoever is in front of her, right? And so maybe there's like actually what I'm thinking of is um like weird juggling things where like the lady maybe she has the alien lady has. Scarlett Johansson's digital file open. And like, as she gets shuffled around from different hijinks, the settings get adjusted. So, you know, like sometimes she's at a zero for love, sometimes she's at a 10. But you just get hijinks. You know, she meets with the priests. She meets with.
0: Does um, she try to fuck the priest?
1: Yeah, she's like hitting on the priest, the cameramen, the set people. I was thinking maybe this is a reality show, right? And so this is the final episode. So maybe she meets the previous contestants that she previously kicked out of the show, like, you know, bachelorette style, she got rid of them. But now when they come back and it's like, Hey, so we got to do this final episode too bad. Me and you never actually got to hook up, but she's like, Oh, fuck it. Let's hook up right now. Uh, cause, <laughs> Cause she's all like her, her emotion setting is set on horny or whatever. And so it's just a bunch of hijinks. Right. And one of the things is you can't see the bride on the wedding day. So even though her love emotion is all crazied up, and, the, and everyone's telling her soon-to-be husband, hey, she's, off, she's going off the deep end. He can't see her because anytime he tries to see her, she runs away because you can't see the bride on the wedding day. Well, at some point, the movie has to end. So so <laughs> the, the, the bride and the groom meet up before the wedding. It's bad luck. Maybe her disc breaks and all of her emotions get drained. And he, he gives her this big speech about how ever since the first episode ever since the first time they met they were he was in love with her and he's so glad that he picked her and all and like maybe like even the director of the show can be like you know like oh do a clip reel you know like a clip show and they show all the montage of them flirting and doing stuff together but then we cut to our our Scarlett johansson character and she's just completely devoid of all emotion and she's basically like I quit. I don't want to get married. I give up. I don't like, I don't do, you know, whatever.
0: I do not. (laughs) I do not. So she's (laughs)
1: feeling completely vapid, but she's also feeling confused because she knows something isn't right. But then at some point the alien is going to have to beam down to earth in the middle of the reality show and say, Hey guys, my bad. Uh, let me hit the reset button on Scarlett Johansson. Let me get this chip and take it out or whatever. And so essentially the ending of the movie is going to be like, they are meant to be together. They are supposed to be together. And the, the, the comedic little part of the movie is that even though aliens are now confirmed in the universe and on earth, everyone is still more obsessed with the wedding and like, you know, like, make them kiss. We want to see them kiss. Ooh, make it official. Like, no one cares that, that aliens tracks. exist. They're all like, oh, Scarlett Johansson's going to marry the pretty guy. So, yeah. I think Skinny that deep. tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing, you know. Scarlett Johansson's around. Nothing else matters, you know. <laughs> goop. Getting sucked into goop. Aliens existing. Doesn't Does not matter.
0: Does not matter. All that matter. There is no aliens. There's only Scar, Joe. All right. Well, I think that just about does it for the day. Before we get into Love Bites, we're going to keep house by telling you how to reach us. We are on Instagram at the Necromancer Podcast. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Necromancer Pod. And you can email us at necromancerpodcast at Gmail. Questions, thoughts, feedback, follow, subscribe, review. We love all of those things. And we will reciprocate your love by loving you back, as Brett has said previously. (laughs) Uh, Now it is time to get into Love Bites, our recommendations for the week. What would you like to recommend, Brett?
1: Okay, so normally we kind of have an M.O., right? Like I just recommend whatever I've been watching. You recommend something based on the theme. Well, I've got a double whammy for you because not not only is this extremely related to the movie that we just watched, but it's also a movie that I just happened to watch this week. And it's a little movie called Species. Ooh. Oh, my God. Species is such a great movie. It's a great 90s, big budget, big, cheesy, sci-fi, sexy thriller, gore fest, weird movie. Um, of course, when I first saw Under the Skin, I heard people name drop Species because it's like, yeah, sexy alien ladies seducing men, sucking their life juices out of them, of course um but i had never seen it i thought it was just gonna be like a dumb sci-fi movie which it kind of is but it's got a very michael crichton like sphere element where it's like let's just take a bunch of scientists and make them form a team and have them tackle some weird alien type thing and the movie's got a great cast michael madsen alfred molina ben kingsley natasha henstridge mag Helgenberger or some Meg Helgenberger or something. The lady from CSI. It's just, it's so much fun. It's pretty self-aware. It's very cheesy. Uh, but like at one point, the lady in the movie turns into an anime Tetsuo Iron Man, and she has tentacles coming out of her boobs and she's putting them in people's mouths and sucking out their sperm juice from their mouth with her tentacle boobs. And I was like, Holy shit, I did not expect Japanese hentai tentacle body morphing porn out of like my mainstream Hollywood sci-fi thriller action movie. It was very crazy.
0: I'm not kink-same, but I won't kink-shame.
1: Yeah. And then the the moment this movie finished, I looked up who wrote this movie because I thought the writing was great because it was like the perfect amount of cheese and fun and exposition. It's very hard to do exposition in movies like this, but I thought the movie handled everything really well. And turns out the guy who wrote this movie also wrote Virus, which, you know, is a huge movie that I like. And, that and, also
0: has some Tetsuo body horror yeah. type Also a mainstream
1: of stuff. American B-Western Hollywood high concept thriller movie with very Japanese body porn techno stuff. So yeah, Species. Uh, I imagine the sequels are just your typical... I don't know if I'm going to go into the sequels, but the first movie was really good. I really had a fun time with it. <laughs> it was Didn't like thirty know. minutes into the movie. I was like, "Oh
0: yeah, under the skin." So, yeah, species, species. How about I you? Can get into it. Uh So, keeping with the way I like to do recommendations, I like to tie it to the theme. What made me hungry to get into unrequited love was I've been reading some deliciously good romance novels by an author named Sherry Thomas. She's more widely known as an author of Lady Sherlock Mysteries. She Mm -hmm. also writes mysteries where instead of the regular Sherlock, it's the female version of the famous detective. Uh, Is that the same
1: thing as Enola Holmes?
0: No. No. So Enola Holmes is supposed to be Sherlock's little sister. Uh, Sherry Thomas's Lady Sherlock series has an alternate universe in which the famous detective is a woman. So- Sherlock is a woman. Watson is a woman. Uh, I think even uh, Lady Sherlock has sisters. Uh, Spider Man
1: into the Sherlock verse.
0: Exactly. You know, I I think into the Sherlock verse would be very interesting if we got all the various Sherlocks together and forced them to solve a mystery.
1: Uh, yeah. while
0: the the Watsons get together and complain and make light of everything. Uh, that would be great. But Sherry Thomas, prior to those, I, I haven't read Sh- Lady Sherlock yet. She wrote a series of historical romances called the Fitzhugh Trilogy, and they are all about unrequited love and its painful glory. Uh, the first book actually has a Scarlett Johansson type. It's called Beguiling the Beauty, and the main character is a woman of such surpassing beauty that people aren't able to see past her beauty to the intelligent and real woman beneath it. Uh, but my favorite uh, book in that trilogy is the second one, which is called Ravishing the Heiress. Uh, like all romance novels, they have really dramatic names. Uh, but Sherry Thomas is a really great writer. Uh, I, I don't feel like these are entry-level romance novels. I would say that if if you've never read a romance novel before, I'm not sure Sherry Thomas is the right gateway. Uh, but she writes really intelligent and sophisticated stories. And I feel that she has a grasp on unrequited love and that, sweet suffering that makes for good plotting uh i think she has a better grasp on it uh than than other writers that i've seen i think you know she and billy wilder would have plenty to talk about
1: i'm sure yeah that sounds interesting Hmm.
0: sherry thomas all right well that is all for today smell you later bye